Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP Practitioner Course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithMatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hello, hello. Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. We got a special episode just for you because you're an entrepreneur just like me, just like my guest this week, and just like so many, literally millions of people around the world that are trying to do this miracle that you're doing called business. It's not easy. The hustle's real. The struggle's real. But I, you know, I find, especially early in business, I've been an entrepreneur for 18 years now. And early on, I felt like there were times when things flowed and times when they struggled. And, you know, I, I think as time goes on, it's important to look at the struggle and say, is this a, is this struggle necessary or is this struggle something that I could get over? Am I just struggling with myself, my own beliefs, with my own problems? And this week we have a struggle expert. And I know that's a, she's not going to like me calling her a struggle expert, um, but Mia Hewitt is my guest this week and she helps purpose-driven entrepreneurs stop secretly struggling. And I can't wait to get into that. And how to live in alignment with your dreams so you can scale to six, seven figures the fast way, not the struggle way. She's the founder of Aligned Intelligence, which is a methodology that removes all the blind spots, fear, anxiety, and self-doubt. That's a big deal. And mm -hmm. allows her clients to make accurate decisions, work smarter, not harder, maximize the results in less time, and ultimately to have the freedom to be me, to not have to pretend like you're someone else. You've co uh, she's co-owned and operated seven-figure businesses as an international speaker and a world-class business coach. She knows what she's doing. I can't wait to get into the ease of business with Mia Hewitt. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, Matt. It's so great to be here with you. Doing great. Doing great. I, we've been enjoying our time just before going to tape, uh, just chatting. And, and I, I loved, I'm just going to tell on you a little bit. The sure. very first thing you asked me when we, when we connected here on, on our video conference was, you go, help me understand exactly what you do and what are the different parts of your business. Mm -hmm. I love connecting. And if there's someone I know, I'd love, like, you, you want to get clear on what I did so you knew how to support me and how Absolutely. to introduce someone to me. And people don't do that very often. Is that something mm -hmm. you've been doing for a long time? Do you always sort of lead with the give? And Absolutely. are there times when you shouldn't do that? Well, you know, I, I've been in business. I've heard how long you've been in business and an entrepreneur, and I like applaud you tremendously. I've been in business and an entrepreneur for 31 years. So I'm not new to the game of business and the world of business. I actually don't see business different than life, actually. So to me, business is really all about relationships, like really, truly about building 
creating, sustaining, cultivating relationships. And so I learned a long time ago from doing it wrong, right? Like I'm going to call myself out. I did it really wrong um, when I first started. And these are all the things that I wish somebody would have told me a long time ago would have saved me a lot of time, money, and energy. Um, But yes, to answer your question, I really believe in um, giving. Um, giving first and foremost um, in many areas of my life. And, and particularly um, when it comes to business, I really, I talk to a lot of people every day and I love the power of leverage. So if I can easily, when I know you, this is exactly what you do, you help um, speakers train, get them booked on stages, TEDx's and on TV, it immediately, I'm like, okay, I'm listening for that. And then it's, I'm so happy to connect you with people that really need those services. That's a, it's a cool way to do that. I've, I've only ever really met, if I'm honest, probably one or two yeah. other true connectors out there that have mm-hmm. become, you know, friends that I've known and done business with over the years. And it's a way of life. It's just, yeah, have it's you good. always been like that? Like as a kid throughout school, were you always sort of, yeah. oh, you, well, you want to go in the drama club. Well, let me talk to my friend over here and then you need some bubble gum. Well, let me, you know, my other friend was selling bubble gum. Are you, have you been that kind of connector or is it something that you had to learn to do intentionally? You know, I, I would love to tell you that I was, I mean, I've always been a giver and I've always had a great heart, but I truly, I can honestly say I used to secretly struggle, right? Um, I used to really struggle inside myself and constantly felt like, different, alone, like nobody got me. I felt that I was often misunderstood. I remember I got beat up in middle school, right? This is this will show you how much I was so misunderstood. Um, I remember walking into typing. I felt a tap on my shoulder, turn around, and this girl I'd never seen before, she starts beating the crap out of me. And um, I'd never seen her. And my, you know, I had braces at the time. And even though we were poor, my grandmother had put braces on me. And so my mouth blows up. I'm bleeding everywhere. And um, finally, they pull her off of me. We go to the dean's office and he says to me, what did you say to her that she beat you up? And I said, I've never seen her before in my life. I've never said anything. And he turns to her and he says, well, why did you beat her up? And she says, that's exactly the reason. She stuck up. <laughs> and I, wow. and be, before that time in my life to be real, I had never even knew that my shyness could be interpreted that way. So I often felt really, most of my life, really misunderstood. I grew up in South America. They had never seen a white girl before. I grew up in the jungle. Um, So I always felt misunderstood, like people didn't get me. They thought I was an albino. It took me forever to try to convince them. I'm not an albino. Um, Where did you grow up in South America? In Venezuela. My dad is from Venezuela, but my mom is American. Wow. And so, and how, yeah. how long did you live in there? What ages? And I just want yeah. to kind of break that down for a second. Yeah, sure. Um, I grew up there since um, we left. I want to say my mom sat around right after like five years old. And then my parents divorced when I was 13 and we came back. So, you know, I've got that story where my dad got caught cheating with the woman next door. And so my mom takes the four girls and comes back to the United States and hence becomes all, like, you know, we become uber poor, like on a beginner's teacher's salary, she's got four kids. Um, And so needless to say, some of the most traumatic things that ever happened to me happened during that time period where our house was so infested with fleas. um, You know, we cover our faces at night so the roaches wouldn't run in our mouths. And then the fleas were so bad. Thank you for that. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, it's terrible. Now, are you are you five or thirteen? I want to make sure. I, that, right. I was thirteen at that time, so I okay, went to so you work. Come back again. Yeah, I went to work right after that. I knew that like there just wasn't any food, and so if you wanted to eat, you were going to find a way to work. So I started working really young. Where were you um, in the level of the four siblings? I'm the second to the oldest. Second to the oldest. Yeah. What, what was the feeling if you could say that? Like if you sure. I, I find family family dynamics interesting with entrepreneurship. With yeah, you know solo kids or two, three, four. So a second oldest, was there a responsibility yeah. on your shoulders? Was that on the older sister or was it a team, you know, and I don't think there's a right answer, but how, how did you see that kind of sibling dynamic with, um, sure. Hey, we're, we're growing up poor and there's, this isn't good. What sure. was the sibling dynamic? And then what did you see your need or your position to be? Sure. No, that's a great question. Um, I think that inside of like what we were, um, because we were so poor, it was really kind of like really survival, like everyone for themselves kind of thing. That's why I'm saying it's funny how I'm so giving to people and I'm always thinking about putting them, you know, like how can I connect them? How can I put them first and give first? But it is true that I had to develop that inside of, because when you come from survival, your instinct is to just take care of yourself right? Like I had to learn more, not that I was selfish. I wasn't like, I really, I've always cared about people and um, like always wanted to help people. So it's not that, but it was just more of a like living from survival. I think the role inside of um, being the second um, to my sister, my older sister is that I would say more that I was the mediator. Like I was the one who took on the role. She was the rebel. So I was the one sure. who always like you know, everybody went to, to kind of fix things. I was the fixer. You were the fixer. I, mm -hmm. I, I like that. So yeah. I, I was the baby of three. And I think oh. my, if any, you know, my, my middle sibling, my brother, John would be the one to get in trouble. He'd be the yeah. scapegoat. Yeah. I'd be the one that became Mr. Humor. So I would try to diffuse the yeah. awkward situations. Yeah. And you know, it's like, it actually served me pretty well because you know, I'm a fairly lighthearted, flexible guy now. Yeah. And you know, I like making jokes on stage and I like being able to have people go at ease and um, it's interesting to see. So you go and how old were you when you got your first real job then? Are you like 13, 14 yes. years old? Yeah. 13 years old. What, what um, are you I, doing? I, I convinced this family owned restaurant to pay me under the table. I was desperate. I was like, <laughs> wow. I will. Yeah. Cause you're not, you're not supposed to work when you're 13, but I was like desperate and they were so kind to me. Um, they took me in. Um, I, they paid me underneath the table and I worked there throughout all of high school. Um, I really, I really went on to, like continually work there. And then I knew I didn't want to be in the restaurant industry my whole life. So I became determined to do something. And that's how I got into actually insurance um, because it was like the coming from survival insurance was, um, so I co-owned an insurance company. I grew that to multi-million dollars uh, for 24 years. And insurance back then to me was the safest thing, right? Like if you're poor, I was thinking, what can people have to pay for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what, what's a what's a staple that you can't do without? It's like, well, yeah, exactly. Insurance. And so, yeah, it was definitely not my purpose. But although I really did really well at it and had a lot of fun while I did it, it wasn't ever like I didn't wake up and go, "Oh, I'm an insurance agent today." You know? <laughs> well, and, and speaking of that, tell yeah. me this then. So, you know, what today you're obviously you're helping entrepreneurs with you know, the secret struggle. When you were in insurance for two yeah. and a half decades, 
What sure. was, do you have a moment you remember having like a secret struggle? What, what was that about? Was it about your passion? Was it about finance? Was it about sales? What was it that you kind of struggled through? Cause I'm mm-hmm. assuming that you probably mm-hmm. learned some lessons through there in your, that you're using coaching today. Yes. You know, what's fascinating to me is what I used to struggle with that nobody seemed to be able to help me with. Like I grew a multimillion dollar company, but, and I had checked all the boxes off and I felt that, um, you know, once I did that being poor, that I was, once I, I checked all the boxes, made my millions, I was going to love who I was, but I was wrong. And it was a real letdown for me that nobody understood like what I was struggling with. And I've hired the best of the best in the industry. I mean, I have really worked with big wigs. Um, I've spent over half a million in my own coaching um, to really figure this out. And the thing that was shocking most to me is basically in a nutshell, they, there was a lot of just, well, here, just think differently or just reframe this, which I'm not saying that cannot serve people. But for me, it wasn't, I just, it wouldn't work because emotionally I still felt like, like a fraud or like I was pretending or like I, you know, that I, I still felt like something was wrong with me or I was afraid that I was constantly going to do it wrong. So like, I think the biggest misunderstanding that I see that people have is they don't realize that you can make millions and just do it from survival. Like I I really believe if I look back when I thought like before I became really wealthy, I thought those people must have it all together. They must have their shit together. I I was thinking- The wealthy people? Yeah, like I I had this illusion like that's the person I need to be because those people must know something I don't know. Clearly I'm missing something. And so- I didn't realize back then, if you just take enough action, if you just take way more action, you can compensate for your survival. You'll eventually burn out of some sort. You will hit a burnout. You will definitely, um, you know, things happen for sure. Like, cause you're running at that speed without being able to clear um, the trees in your way. You're going to hit some really hard things. But what I realize now, so I'm going to tie it back to what your original question is. What I have found, so what everybody couldn't help me figure out, um, and this, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was many years ago. I remember I paid this guy $50,000 to coach me, and um, you know I did everything he said to do, and nothing he was saying, even though I did it, I was very coachable, was working. So I asked him one day, like, I'm, I'm confused. Like, what do you think it is? Like, what do you think I'm missing? And I remember him saying, Mia, you just need to go in your room and lock the door and not come out until you figure this out. Wow. And I remember thinking, my gosh, if I, if I didn't need you to tell me that, I could have stayed in my room and kept my 50 grand. Like, I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> you know, it's not like you, you forget the value of money when you're poor. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? So I was like, what are you talking about? And I was pissed. And, but that was the day, if I can pinpoint the catalyst of what actually happened, that I literally, that was the day that I turned a point where I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to actually uncover it. And when I do, I'm going to give it to the world. And so what well, I What do you found, mean by uncover it and give it to the world? Do you mean like release a, it or yes, how like do you explain a, that? Yes, because there is a big, so this is where I'm going all the way back to what I'm talking about. So this is really where, 
and I love them to death and I'm not at all, you know, judging and, and so forth as far as the experts and the um, therapists that are doing, like they're doing everything they've been told to do. But there sure. is a fundamental flaw in the way that personal development and therapy, I went, to ther- I went to five different therapists throughout my life. So it's not like I'm not speaking from direct experience. They couldn't help me, but here's what they were missing because I have uncovered it all. There is nothing I don't understand anymore. <laughs> so that's what's really awesome about the whole thing. But here's where the real issue is, the fundamental law, uh, flaw that they're missing is they kept, what they were saying was they were addressing my symptoms. So they never ever really went to the emotional root cause. Well, that was like, um, they had me trying to solve an inside problem using an outside solution or a kind of one size fits all, which never worked for me. So what I found um, when I actually found this and really extracted it, what I found, which is why I call it aligned intelligence, is that every single human being, no matter how great their parents were, because I get people saying this all the time, oh no, I had a wonderful childhood. Yes, yes, you did. Every single human being has had a trauma right? So what I'm defining as a trauma, which we don't have this in our society, we don't believe it. Like we think that a trauma is someone who has been severely beaten or severely molested, which those are definite traumas. I've coached all of those. I've coached entrepreneurs who've dealt with murder. I've coached it all. And trauma is in the eye of the beholder. So what is a trauma to your brother is not necessarily a trauma to you. That's why you can be in the same household, Matt. And one person, when I would take them back to find out exactly where they started struggling and how old they were, it's going to be, you could have been in the household, the same situation in the same circumstance, but that wasn't a trauma to you. And that will be that trauma. That will be that person's trauma. And then they become trapped. So here's what happens to the human being that I cannot wait to share with the world that I wish somebody would have told me a long time ago, because I'm 52 years old. I would have liked to learn this like in my 20s. But here's basically what happens. So as a child grows, they form this emotional bond, right, to their caretakers, their parents. They, be- they believe they're God. The parents That's are right. God, right? Yeah. So not realizing that there is their own God, but they think that they're God. So they form this emotional bond. And when, and when this emotional bond gets broken during a, an experience where the child does not know how to process their emotions, right? Kind of right what Rachel was saying, when they don't know how to process their emotions, what happens is they become trapped and they develop their ego. So their ego is literally created at the origination of their first trauma. Does that make sense? Yep. So when you say, so when you say ego, yes, this is like, are you talking about like, you know, from Freud ego, or are you talking about like the, just, is it your own concept of like, this is my self image. This is how I see myself right, wrong. It might be a skewed perception, but this is now how I see myself in this world. Is that sort of what you mean? That like, yes, just like that, where there's two types of ego and we both, we have both of them in it, but, but when we're going through that trauma, that struggle, we'll take on one as the more predominant. So there's either superiority ego, which was my sister, who was the rebel, which is your brother. 
right? Yep. Or there's inferiority ego, which is what I took on, which sounds like what you would then be. That's your go-to pattern, right? Where it's like the fixer, make everybody happy. So it's a way to survive so that um, to keep the peace, right? Because inside of that trauma, when we have a trauma, we, the, what happens to the child that doesn't know how to go through it, because they'd have to have a role model. It's not your fault. Like you would have had to have had a role model that said, hey, I really, you know, I'm going to validate your feelings. Wow, this is what happened. This is how you saw this. Now let me help you process it so that you can get to the successful side of that experience. No, what happens is the child feels that disconnect, feels like there's something, you know, they feel the shame or the embarrassment um, or any of those negative emotions that there's something wrong with me and they internalize it not like dad's having a bad day, mom's just having a bad day, or teacher's just having a bad day, or they internalize it like there's something wrong with me. So now what we do to try to survive that is we keep that a secret. We tell ourselves, well, who I really am must be really, really bad, must be really sure. wrong. So I can't ever show someone who I really am so I'm then here. So who do I become to survive? Now this becomes the ego personality, right? So who we've become is a way to survive our life, which is why people struggle with imposter syndrome, which is why people struggle with, you know, feeling like they're not good enough, not like there's something wrong with them. They're afraid of doing it wrong. Why people um, even have fear. Why do people have, you know, fear of judgments or fear of conflicts or differences of opinions or being seen? I mean, I, I see it all. So, so essentially, you know, what you're saying is we, as we go through life, at some point, there's always going to be a trauma to summarize. A trauma is a separation or a lack of trust or something that happens that shouldn't happen or something that we don't know how to deal with or process. Right. We don't That's have right. a chance to process it. So in order to reconcile and mm -hmm. process that this thing happened, you need to start developing this ego of who I must be. That's right. Right. Who I must be in the world. If I don't see myself as this must be person, then mm -hmm. that wouldn't have happened. Like if I Correct. figure if I'm four years old and I think, oh, I'm lovable by all and yep. I'm God's special child and yes. then my dad beats me. Well, yep. that doesn't reconcile. So I have to make a new identity. That's correct. Something like, well, I must not be lovable. That's why That's something exactly like this right. would happen. That's exactly what happens. And then you forget because we all did this. Then it's very much like um, the movie Inception because oh. we created the trap and then we forgot we were the ones that created it because prior to the age of seven, we don't have a conscious mind. We only have a subconscious mind. Things so are this, just happening and, and, yeah. and we're not really in control of it, so to speak. Right. We're not aware that we're, it's going in as a feeling place. That's why they have it wrong. They're trying to fix it in the mind. It isn't in the mind. This isn't an intellectual issue. This is an emotional issue first. And when I heal the emotion, I free the mind which is why I no longer struggle with any of it. So the truth is, I wasn't shy. What shyness was, was a fear of judgment. That was all part of my act of how I then began to survive my life since my trauma happened at five years old. And most traumas happen between, I, I have them as young as like, somebody would tell me like 15 months or three years, but a lot of three, a lot of four, like a lot. 
sometimes five, seven, whatever, but for sure, a lot of three and fours. People who said, oh, I don't remember my childhood. Yeah, I know. Um, but you don't have to worry. The subconscious mind always does. I just ha You just have to ask it the right question. It's going to give you everything you want. Well, this is incredible. And, and back to your original yeah. point. So now we're talking about here where I'm an entrepreneur, I'm 40 yeah. years old, I'm running my business and I'm having a certain, maybe a habit, a behavior. Maybe yes. it's like I'm sleeping in, or maybe when I make too much money, I, yeah. I take my foot off the gas pedal, or maybe, yeah. um, you know, when I get a bill, I put my head in the sand or maybe whatever it is, right? We have this behavior, this habit that we do that's not yes. successful. Yes. What you're saying is when they work with you, and we got to talk about your book here, by the way, this yeah. is so, so important. We've gone a, a few minutes without even mentioning this. One of my most exciting things about having Mia on is her new book called Meant for More, Stop Secretly Struggling and Start Becoming, hang on, yeah. Start Becoming a oh, force, subtitle disappears. A force to me. be reckoned with. <laughs> That's okay. I, right. <laughs> I don't have the book in front of me. I had it up on my no screen. Worries. Don't uh, worry. And, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, see, this is one of my patterns. One of my patterns is my windows sometimes shut down when I don't want them to. Can you fix that? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, no it's how to stop secretly struggling and become a force to be reckoned with, meant for more. Yeah. And you can get that book. Uh, Mia, tell us how we can find out more about that book. Because in that book, you talk about exactly this, about the creation of the ego. You talk about how to change habits and how to do that at the real subconscious level. My mm -hmm. people love this stuff. We've been in yeah. this NLP world for a long time. If you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you've heard about neuro-linguistic programming. You yeah. understand that there's stuff under the surface, not at the surface. So how can we find out more about your book and where do we sure. get it? Sure. Well, just for you guys. So, there, you know, please don't tell me like, you know, don't call out to me and email me and go, hey, you know, it's, it's really for sale somewhere, everywhere else. This is just free for you. So it's just special for your listeners because it is really for sale um, on Amazon and throughout all different places. So this is just free for you guys. It's Mia, M-I-A, meant for more book.com and that's the link you want to use to get your free copy it's not available anywhere else it's kind of on the back end are you of serious so yeah. you can get a free copy of your book yes that yes. is incredible okay i hope hope you realize how many this goes out to so guys yes. listen up it's mia m-i-a mia meant for more book.com if you're listening to this on the radio make sure you head over to um, anywhere you get podcasts search matt browning or The Driven Entrepreneur, you can get this on demand. And in the show notes, we'll have links for all of Mia's social media and we'll have links to MiaMentForMoreBook.com and you can pick up her book on Amazon. You can go to a bookstore and buy the book if you want. I'm sure she'll be happy to do that. But if you go to MiaMentForMoreBook.com, you can get her book, an ebook downloaded absolutely free. It's not a gimmick. It's not a pay uh, yeah. $20 for shipping and you know, it's, you get the ebook instantly downloaded and it's a free gift. Thank you so much, Mia. That's sure. amazing. Absolutely. I really, um, it's so important to me to get this, you know, get this out because I know it's what, you know, it's that anytime you've ever had that feeling like, what am I missing? Like I'm, I'm driven, I have success or I've had some success, but I'm not really, reaching what I know I'm fully capable of, it's always, always, always linked to your original trauma and the decisions you made that day that are in your subconscious. It's, it's, it's really incredible when people see it. Like I, within, 
you know, 15 minutes, 13, 30 minutes of um, being on a call with someone, I can literally show them exactly where it is just by doing this for so long. I had a woman just yesterday and she had read my book and she was like, oh my gosh, it was life changing. And she said, I think my trauma is when, you know, I was 13. It's never then. Like guaranteed, if you're listening to this, you want to go way younger by the time it's 13. Like it's really is like the, um, you know, inception where by the time you, when you've created this at three, four, by the time you're hitting 13 and there's going to be more traumas there, those are all the same. Have you noticed? It's going to always be the same kind of trauma, different place, different face, but the same patterns. Yeah. And That's that, the and that, reason. That makes perfect sense. So yeah. basically you're saying like, you know, Maslow and his hierarchy of developmental periods, there's the imprint period of zero to seven. Mm-hmm. You're saying that pretty much, and I agree with you on this, that yep. if you're going to have a traumatic experience of any kind, you yes. would have had a version of that experience and maybe it was less, right? Maybe it wasn't as major or emotional, but it was still a version of that experience would have happened. Yeah. And now maybe you had a bigger version of it at 12, but it's not the first one. And you're That's talking correct. about going back to the first and basically changing the decisions. That's exactly Processing right. those experiences as they first happened. Yes, absolutely. Because when we can unravel that and then go back to the original core, it's like a domino. What happens is it literally will start freeing them from everything. They, we literally unravel. And what happens is that's why I'm known as the awakened entrepreneur, because what happens is people would say to me, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm awake. Like they become so present, which is really, you know, where I live now in the todays. I don't, I'm not in my ego. I'm very, very present. I'm not, I don't have a voice. This is what shocks people. But when you do this, you don't, your ego no longer runs you. So I don't have a voice that is running right now. Like there's nothing in my head going like, well, what is he going to say? And what if I say the wrong thing? And what, you know, am I going to say that right? Did I do that right? Which used to be me. Like that is, that's what my voice used to sound like. I'm just really, really present. And I'm really being with, you know, the person in front of me, which of course is you right now. So it's like, it's amazing that that doesn't have to exist where we think because we've been dealing with that voice for so long. We think that voice is who we are. And it never was in the first place. And it never was Matt. And I know you know this from like where, you know, where you come from inside of that. It's like, Oh my gosh. And Oh my gosh, how free can you be present to everything in your life when that is no longer what is, you're no longer a prisoner of your own mind. Outstanding. Well, Mia, thank you so much uh, for everything that you've dropped on us and coming and having this conversation. So listen, how how valuable is that guys to, to really begin thinking what is actually causing me to behave this way? What's causing me to have these habits in my business? Not, Mm -hmm. it's not just because that's how I am. Mia says there's a reason for it and it started somewhere and she's the one who can coach you and help you change that. So make sure you follow Mia on Instagram at Mia, M-I-A dot Hewitt, H-E-W-E-T-T, Mia dot Hewitt. And then you can go to Mia Hewitt Official on Facebook, follow her on social media, and grab that book, you know, Meant for More, How to Stop Secretly Struggling and Become a Force to Be Reckoned With. I had to slide it over in my window. It's such a great long (laughs) subtitle. (laughs) But, um, you know, that... The answers are in that book. Go check it out and grab it at MiaMentForMoreBook.com and you can get a free copy. No shipping, no catch. 
Just put it in, tell her what email you want it, and she'll send you the free copy. Mia, final question as we wind down, and uh, you've been so gracious with your time. Uh, of your growing up, and I want to ask, mm. I ask this question differently for everyone, but specifically with your experiences with your mom and dad in Venezuela and coming back mm. and forth between countries, is there anything that you would change in your own traumatic or your own childhood, or would you leave it all the same looking back? I love that. That's a great question. You know, what I, the one thing that I would love is to have help in processing. It's what's fascinating, Matt, is when you really, um, see this. I mean, I take small groups through these, right? So everybody gets to witness everybody's um, <laughs> unraveling of their own ego. And when you, they watch it, you know, and it's just one person, you can't, you don't have a model for it. But when you're in a small group and you're watching me do this with every single person, the fascinating thing about that is it's never the situation or circumstance. And I'm talking even with people who've been molested, raped, um, have experienced murder in front of them. It's never the experience. It's actually the way that they have not been able to process it. Yes. Isn't that fascinating? Like, I know that's mind blowing, but it's like when you're not able to process it to get to the success side on the other side, you know, because, you know, based on the law of polarity, that universal law of polarity, nothing is existing in this world as a half of something. So if there's an up, there's a down. If there's an in, there's an out. That means for every failure, there is a success in the same moment in time. For lack to exist, success must equally, you know, abundance must equally equally exists in the same moment in time, not a different moment. So it wasn't that the way to be, to go through that experience and experience success. I mean, look at um, Elizabeth Smart. Is that not like somebody who you could look at and go, holy crap, what happened to her and how did she process it so that she no longer became a prisoner um, after the event? Like, She's like one of the people I think of the most because she had an incredible mother who said to her, like, you know, how to, how to process this, that they might have stole your childhood, but you get to decide how, you know, how this is going to go for the rest of your life, right? Like, so it's never the situation or circumstance, but how we are, how we process it. And then how do we come to the success side of it? And then what do we pull out of it that then becomes our strengths? Very, very good. Well, I'm glad that you've been able to to pull out and process and shift things as you're helping other people do as well. Mia Hewitt, thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. My pleasure. It was great talking to you today. Thanks, Mia. Hey, guys, that's the show for this week. I sure appreciate you listening. Um, Remember, go check out Mia and her book. It's amazing. It's going to give you some great insight into why you've been doing what you're doing. And ultimately, again, it's how the book is called Meant for More, How to Stop Secretly Struggling and Become a Force to be Reckoned With. Great title. Uh, And you can check it out at MiaMeantForMoreBook.com. We'll have that in the show notes if you go into these on-demand show. Get out there this weekend, enjoy yourself. Get out this weekend and crush it. Um, And maybe this weekend, don't just go crush it. Maybe go figure out why you're doing what you're doing. Maybe this weekend, go crush the traumas. Maybe go process those. And I'll see you back next week with another Driven Entrepreneur. See ya.